brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Welcome back to Soft Rip Radio. Special guest today, good friend of mine, Eric Davis. I can't believe it's been, I didn't want to say, I feel like if I say how long we've known each other, I feel like an old man. <laughs> I know, you keep cheating it too. You keep saying 20, 20 it years. more than 20 years? Yeah, I think so, a little bit. Uh, 1997. Yeah, 97. Yeah, so Jesus. it's 2019, almost 20, so you got to add a couple more years, buddy. Yeah, so long time, Eric and I actually went through Bud's training together maybe we can tell the i think you're sick of telling this story i'm not telling it's a great I'm not story. Telling the guam story you gotta but, tell but the guam i will tell story. the story we can about, leave the names on no, i don't want to tell that story yeah. let's tell the story about when you were going to fail out of third phase and i saved you let's oh, tell the that time one. yeah we never tell yeah, that was, story yeah, we don't want to talk about that yeah it's probably a better um, story but it's true that he did save my ass anyway eric is in new york uh, he came out to to help with the first kind of pilot course we did for the crate club academy which was a great, just a great event. We had uh, a really good time in uh, Virginia International Raceway, VIR. Just some, you know, fun time. I think we we learned a lot, probably too heavy on the classroom, more practical evolutions next time. But hey, that's that's why we run this pilot course. But I think everyone just by the emails and testimonials are kind of had a really good time. So, but then Eric and I were talking and we're, I've been trying to figure out a way to work, work with Eric for a long time. And then, you know, we figured, hey, let's come to New York. You're nearby. We'll do sit down. You and I get to talk, sketch some stuff out, catch up. Also, we've we published Eric's book, uh, Raising Men, through the Soft Rep imprint with St. Martin's Press. We'll talk about that book on the show as well. But yeah, dude, I'm just glad you're here, man. It's nice to see you. It seems like life happens and we get busy and 20 years flies by. Oh, I know, man. It goes faster and faster to the older you get. Anyway, I, I I never had a chance to really check in with you on on your kind of experience with the academy and interacting with some of the some of the members of, of the community that we built over the last seven years. You got any uh, not first impressions, last impressions, <laughs> first and last yeah. impressions? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of things that really stood out to me in no particular order. You know, we were sitting at the uh, the bar last night doing the cigars and a little bit of whiskey, and I'll chat with one of the. Which was part, just so people understand, that that was part of the experience, was we would put money on the bar and have basically a social after, which we did two nights. We hosted a kind of get to know you social with these guys. And then the, the, the second night, is what Eric was talking about, we put money on the bar. And, and part of it is just to kind of shoot the shit and get to know know each other, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. You, you know, even like you mentioned with the classroom being a little heavy and, you know, that's that's what 
all of our training is like, right? That's what SEAL training is like. We travel, we go somewhere odd and uncomfortable and weird that we've never been to before. We spend some butt time in classrooms, but, you know, high risk evolutions, um, high levels of performance, you got to get some of the, uh, you know, the mental stuff in there before you go out and do it. But like I was saying, you know, we're at the bar and that's the thing, you're shooting the shit, you're, you're bullshitting with guys, you're bitching, you're, you're talking about what was great, what was good, all that stuff. And, you know, one of the things that really hit me was... You know, I explained to people the only reason I became a SEAL is because I was just the biggest fan, right? I was just a real big fan, so much so that I had to go in there and do it. And I really miss that camaraderie, of course, the brotherhood, that kind of tribal feel of the, the SEAL teams. But hanging out with this group of guys, it's, I, I explained to them, I go, I actually like this better because really we're all enthusiasts there. You know what I mean? If they paid their money, signed up and showed up, you know that they're an enthusiast of special operations training and mindset, like I said, as yeah. am I. So there's like more things we have in common, if that makes sense. So in a SEAL platoon, they're great guys, but they're not all necessarily entrepreneurs or executives. You know, so the guys that raise their hand for an event like this, this kind of exclusive premier kind of deal, you know, these are guys that are doing pretty well, obviously. And they're just so many, so much more to talk about with them besides just the experience in life and kids and family and business and everything like that. So that was probably my biggest takeaway just to feel that community again. And I hope those guys felt that too. Like they weren't outsiders visiting our community. They were outsiders joining our community. And I really just love that aspect. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, look, you know, we were one of the first to, to really get out there in the digital space and the podcast space to kind of bring this community and this world that was relatively unknown since before 9-11, all of a sudden became very well known, but there was really nothing on the internet or podcasts. Um, we were really the, f the first, which is kind of cool. But, you know, to be honest and, and, and admit, I felt like we grew pretty fast a couple years. For the first two, three years in business, we did a really good job of maintaining that community. It was close, engaging. And then as the business started to scale, we kind of lost touch, you know, and we even got rid of our best site because we were trying to like, experiment going mainstream, which was softrep.com. And now that's back. And, you know, I, I've announced it before on the show and softrep is, was back since last Monday, but the new kind of super site launches on October 30th. Everything's rebranded, integrated. We have a new uh, team room area that's a, a basically the community that has the video content, the chats, the long form editorial and the interaction that we just, I kind of can't believe I'm admitting this, but it, I kind of ignored it for a couple of years. It just kind of went away and, I, and just relaunching that domain name and seeing people like interact on social, it's, it's just nice to have SoftRip back. And now SoftRip is the center of the universe for everything we do, uh, content and commerce and, and a big push now until you know, the end of the year. And, and it continues pushes this community that Eric was just talking about. And that's not only, you know, do we have the community online, but plan to have our annual member party in Las Vegas around the SHOT Show. And we plan to turn this Cray Club Academy into an, a festival. So imagine those of you that, are, that know about the SHOT Show in Vegas, it's industry insiders. It's really hard to access. So why not just create like a really a cool two, three day festival, have multiple, you know, general missions so guys can see all the vendors, throw a big concert at night with a cool, cool band, and then have this really cool training like Eric 
gave us a really good idea for like father son sniper stock like stealth and concealment and run run this stuff in parallel so guys can sign up for that they can sign up for two day driving two day advanced tactical shooting course so we're going to have like a much bigger menu next year and and we'll have that on uh, on softrep.com as well and into november that'll be available so excited about that but the community sorry i, I this is a very long interruption yeah bless. <laughs> but, <laughs> you don't say but the community i mean it's just important you know and i want to i want to let people know that this it's a commitment that i have to, and it was nice even to hear oh what was the the doc the psychologist he was said i've even noticed when I got back on the podcast, he's like, I can feel like there's this transition happening. So it's just good. It was nice to to be around these guys and hear that. For sure. For sure. And I'll, I'll read real quick and I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, Eric. Now that I've totally hijacked your, your, yeah. <laughs> your deep brief. Um, <laughs> this was from Doug. What a great opportunity for me to pull the men of my family together and, and do something fun. Doug brought his two older boys, I think 1921 and his brother along with him. But he says, great training, learned a lot. The instructors were awesome. Definitely plan to do this again. So that's kind of like the spirit of this thing. And, and I'm really glad to kind of go into the holiday fourth quarter because it, I, I told the listeners on the show, and I think it's like three or four shows back, just, I was just saying, look, you know, we've been through hell this summer. We had all these growing pains, had to, you know, just deal with it make a lot of changes and just clean up a lot of mess. And, and it's been really the most challenging year I've had in business in seven years was uh, from January until, until now. I mean, the summer is just brutal. And, but anyway, we're digging out. And to Eric's point again, it's, you know, ha, had I not had the experience as a SEAL, but probably more our time during the sniper course when we really did focus on mindset and positive psychology, I probably would have thrown the towel, man. I'm telling you, I'm not a guy that's been on 15 combat deployments, but I've been to Iraq and Afghanistan and I'm more stressful this year <laughs> than oh, I yeah. was in, on any operation I was on in Afghanistan or Iraq. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, uh, the, the stressors and uh, pressure of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're saying, I mean, you said that, so you're, you're at the bar the second night in the community that you're on that track. And before I totally hijacked you. Yeah, yeah, and we were talking about the, some of the future events, um, and you know that's where the the idea of a father son stock uh, came up. And I was like, yeah, you know, you guys build, you know, we teach you about camouflage and concealment. You build your ghillie suits together. You go out into the field. You know, you do a partner stock, and you know, there's all kinds of fun things to do there. And then we were just spitballing all the different things there are, and that's you know, I think one of the unique things about the SEAL teams is you truly are a jack of all trades and master of many, right? So as this academy concept grows, I think it'll be important too to build that internal community inside of SoftRep too, just like a SEAL platoon. You know, you have yeah. experts, you have expert snipers, you have uh, the dive guy, the air ops guy, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, you know, part of those growing pains is that internal team too. Like, all right, well, there'll probably be a community of people who are more into air ops and a community of people who are into the human intelligence things and technical surveillance. And, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Things yeah. like that and, and during that event. Boy, you could really break it out. And, you know, the vendors, too, will typically show up in really, really powerful yeah. ways, too, with some cool gear, new stuff, get to touch it, feel it. Yeah. And the guys, I can't say enough about the guys at uh, VIR, just solid, solid cadre and just good people. So excited to, I mean, and, and the funny thing is, right, it's, whether you're around cars, airplanes, guns, it's like, you know, you know, we go out to the bar, it's like we talk about 
like women, I forget the quote, the one of D at one of our flying events. And he's like, you know, when we're, when we're around women, all we do is talk about cars, guns, airplanes, like things that we're into. And then when we're, when we're around that stuff, all we do is talk about <laughs> talk women, about right? Yeah. Uh, but it's just cool. Yeah. I think it's like, again, in this day and age, it's tough to find a place where you can be a dude and be a guy. And like, look, there's, there's all sorts of people in this world, which is fine, but it's okay to be like a straight male and have like go bond over some, you know, high speed tackle driving and shooting and, and some cigars and whiskey afterwards. Yeah, it's it's not only it's okay, it's it's really important. You know, we were all born and bred to be in that kind of community. And, you know, I think as the world gets more competitive and dynamic too, men are going to have a more and more of a difficult time finding other men who enjoy those kind of activities, who are still not afraid to be the hunter fighters. Yeah. And that was another thing too. I was talking to the guys in the classroom. Um, we were doing a home defense uh, brief and I explained to him, I go, you know, you're one of your best, somebody asked me a question. I go, you know, you're probably your best source is the group of men right here with you right now. So that was another thing I was, we were, I really noticed the event pointing out, like those guys were meeting each other as well, making their connections. So, you know, this is one big community, but they're going to be able to decide, like break off to the side and start creating their own little pods as well, which is going to be really powerful for them. Because like I said, it's, I teach that to people all the time, building your tribe. And it's very, very difficult to do. Yeah. And we have, we have a great tribe and it's just nice to kind of get the tribe back together. So it kind of came together last minute. And, and now I'm looking at next year, we've already reserved the dates and it's going to be more of a, uh, more accessible. Like we're looking at doing an airsoft, like looted full on, like full up war game with rad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, rad. Um, you know, a driving dedicated two day driving, dedicated tactical shooting, and then doing the, the kind of stealth and concealment father son event out for two days. And then on top of that, you know, every night having, you know, I, I don't know what level of, of entertainment we get. I know Jason Rao from breaking Benjamin, but some, a really cool band that kind of gets it and fits into this. Um, I know Jason from, I know he's, he's a big podcast fan. So uh, that's how I met him. So I, I think, and as far as like the accessibility, having people be able to just show up, buy a ticket to come and hang out sure. um, in a kind of small, smaller private venue, hear some really good music, but also interact with the guys, look at the vendors, like all the latest gear and equipment and guns. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty cool thing. And, and nobody's doing it again. That's that's kind of what I like about it is nobody's, it's kind of obvious to me now, but why why hasn't someone done this sooner? But I talked about, and I was at this Harvard executive program, you know, we did all, I probably read 60 case studies. One of them was on the reinvention of circus by Cirque Soleil. Mm. You know, in class, we listed all the negative things that came up in our head when we talk about the circus, right? You know, the kind of dirty, the, the <laughs> carnies, the clowns, you know, all the, all the weird stuff, right? The freak shows. It was like Cirque got rid of all that and just kept the good stuff. I and think I found where they put them too. We're walking, yeah. <laughs> walking here to the studio today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> found no a couple. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'll find anything in New York. And so I kind of think of the same way in the firearms kind of shot show gun range industry. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of like negative stuff. So if we can strip out all the positive stuff and make it fun and, you know, even like mixing like rock, country, hip hop, being able to like have this kind of special ops experiential weekend. I think it'll be really cool. And, it, and it's something that 
I know our communities, especially the guys are into SHOT Show and it's an in industry insider event. It's hard to get into. Plus you got to like, you and I have been there for enough times. It's, you got to deal with a lot of BS, you know, a lot of attitude, attitude, ego. Oh man. Um, yeah. I asked somebody about a sniper system and they just look at me like I'm some idiot kid yeah. off the street. I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that, and you get that. So you be able to create an environment that's, that leaves all that behind and, and just focuses on like the positive. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that would be really important too. And you know, you do the community just right too and have the right people, the right instructors, the right cadre. Yeah. It's it's like you said, accessible, you know, exclusive but accessible at the same we did, time. We had I mean, this weekend we had two SF guys, combat yeah. vets. Yeah. You, myself from the SEAL community, Phil Campion from the SAS. Phil gave like a team debrief on that operation oh, in, in Africa. Dude, that was gnarly. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean so it's like good. that's the kind of stuff, you know, we wanna want to create this community and, and this experience um, for, for the community that we have in our tribe. But anyway, I want to talk about shifting gears to the book you've had, Raising Men, we did with you, and it's done really well. You know, we're literally, Eric and I, today we're at St. Martin's Press. We had lunch with, with Mark, uh, my friend who's an editor over there. Uh, Mark and I have known each other for, since 2011. And we're talking about, you know, what we can do with Eric for his next book, but also you know, trying to see if there's a way to kind of bring you into the into the fold on the digital side too. But talk a little bit about raising men. Um, I know we had you on the show before, but it would be good for the listeners to kind of get a refresh on on what that book is about and kind of like your thoughts on on the future. Yeah. So when I was in the SEAL teams, uh, even reading reconnaissance, my whole time in the military, I was I was a parent, I was a father. There was a moment in time where because of my training, because of the equipment I had, I was able to do different things with my kids. Way back, there's a story. I was at a, I don't know what it's like a like a car, not at a carnival, but like an outdoor event. There was a Native American there explaining how they made ropes out of uh, weed or something like something like that. And I was like, and he's like, this is what special forces use. And I looked down at it. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That is something they teach in special forces uh, training. And that's when I started doing those uh, quote-unquote SEAL pup events with my kids. Like, hey, instead of doing like the normal Boy Scout stuff, why don't I tie their hands and feet together and throw them in the pool and teach them drown proofing? Why don't I take them out of the ocean instead of just swimming around, show them how to put grommets in their fins and do like a beach recon or whatever, you know, things like that. And it was just that, that kind of a fun idea to do with my own kids. And it just really, I really started to connect all of the principles of performance and, and all of the things we did in the SEAL teams and how to apply them into life. So Raising Men was the first major launch of me writing and talking about how we can take kind of the secrets of performance that we either discovered or developed as sniper instructors and apply them to our own life. In that case, it was raising my son and my daughters, of course, is you know, about being a parent. And then from there, that's I've been nonstop doing that inside of corporations and, and for individuals since then. You know, one of the things we learned, you know, Mark is one of the most talented editors I know. Unfortunately, publishing is still, I mean, it's been, I've seen the changes in publishing drastic changes in audiobooks, ebooks, like the digital sales, but publishing is still in this very slow cycle, right? Because if, if yeah. you and I sold a book today, even two years later, the book is, is coming out, right? So it's that long of a lag in the market. But, you know, Mark was just talking about like really our peer group, right? We got out mid-career. Me, you know, I've talked about it many times, just kind of a little bit of burnout, seeing no end in sight. And I feel like you had similar 
similar thoughts, you know, just want sure. to spend more time around with the family. But our peer group is now coming, retiring, and now it's like the market's being flooded with all these, you know, special ops this, special ops that, special ops way to eat your breakfast, you know, special sure. ops way to go on <laughs> yeah. vacation, you know, Navy SEAL guide to freaking barbecue, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> all, all this crazy stuff. But, and so you really do have to, you know, we had a head start, right? But you really do have to create, carve out a niche for yourself, you know, in, in this kind of, especially, you know, in publishing, because it's, it's changed now, it's become way more competitive. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I am thankful back to the community piece that we do have the community we have and we're able to have, have guys like you on the show and use this as a platform for them to become more successful, sell more books. But, um, you know, and, and I feel like, look, I, I, I try and comment on your, on your social pages, which if you want to follow Eric on Instagram, it's... Eric Davis 215. There you go, Eric yeah, Davis 215. Sure. Something like that. It's pretty close. So be sure to follow Eric, but... You know, there's a lot of people out there looking f- for that kind of this Raising Men book as a resource. I've even seen some of your engagement where it's like the mom, you know, the divorced mom that's raising a son, you know, or the single mom that doesn't have a father around, like that wants to raise a productive, respectful young man. And 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 I feel like your book is is kind of like the good dad in the pocket, right? Like you have all these. Um, it's a resource. Yeah, it's been, I, I really love seeing, uh, whether it's a mother or a single mother, I didn't just didn't realize I'd have that kind of audience. And I just re- recently had an exchange on my Instagram, actually, where, you know, this wonderful mother, she was reaching out to me and like, you know, I'm, I'm looking, my boys don't have a, a regular father figure. And, you know, I'm looking to find a male role model in their life. And, and I think that's great. But my response to her is like, well, I don't know about that what's important to you? What, what kind of kids do you want to have? You know what I mean? How do you want to raise them? And basically, long story, very, very short is it came down to just identifying like things like responsibility, courage, communication, you know, what are the traits that you want to develop in your sons? And I go, having a male role model in their life may be a strategy to do that. But like, what is your ultimate objective? And I think that's where a lot of the female readers are coming from is there's a gap in masculinity. There's a gap across the board. And, and, you know, we've all, we've all suffered a big change in the world we live in. So our fathers and grandfathers, like kind of the way they did it, it doesn't really work so well anymore. Uh, so it's been just, I love, I love these female readers, how they're just taking this stuff and applying. That's what we learned from Mark today too. It's just it's a surprising yeah. amount of female readers. It's like, I think they might be taking over the world here real soon. <laughs> yeah, maybe the future is female. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Um, so I won't put you... I won't put you on the spot on the Guam story, but are there any other like funny, like maybe like share like one of your funniest memories with the listeners from the military? Oh man, hold on. Let's hit another. Mm-hmm. I'll think about that. Let's, let's do yeah. a different, let's do a topic in between. Let me just give that some thought. Okay, then, I just got to make sure I don't so, incriminate anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So think about that. Yeah. Look, you're very candid about the fact that you showed up to SEAL training the first time young, not in the right headspace, and dropped, and then came back and made it in my class, 215. But do you want to maybe talk about kind of your, your one of your most challenging experiences in, in BUDS training? Sure. Uh, and let me just kind of pick up, you know, with the having been to SEAL training and quit. And I think we have a video out on YouTube that we, the last time I was in New York, we recorded that thing, and I talk about it a little bit. But it goes along the lines of what I was talking about, masculinity and manhood. So I went into SEAL training. I already had two kids. 
And I'd already been in the Navy for six years, already been a Marine reconnaissance medic, um, been through their school. So I had a good taste of it all. And, you know, it just kind of got in my head to go to go the conventional route, you know, do what everybody else did. Like, okay, I'm supposed to now get a job, buy a house and be home every day. Um, and I tried that, you know, that really hit me when I first got there. And so I quit SEAL training and got out of the Navy. Almost as soon as I did, I just felt the pangs of regret hitting me. I realized like, man, the first thing I'm going to demonstrate to my kids is how to give up on a dream. So I immediately turned around, re-enlisted, came in through the reserves and went back to SEAL training, like you said, and I made it. But I think that's, and I'm going to take this in a little bit of a different direction, but when we were just- Way to cover your ass on the reserve entry as <laughs> well, dude, dude, which is I, smart. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm the only reservist who have ever gone to SEAL training as a reservist and make it. There was one other guy, I, I can't, somebody would have to fact check this, but yeah. yes, if I would have not made it, I would have been, just been able to leave the Navy. So yeah. it's, no, that's smart. it's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I work with a lot of men, usually in their late 30s, early 40s, where they've realized that they're walking down a path or, or have been traveling down a path that's really not who they are at their core. They're not living out like their breed, like what they're born and bred yeah. for. And I just see that causing so, so many troubles. And I think that's, you know, stories like that, I think that's why that's resonated so well with someone. So, you know, that was one of the tougher times, obviously, to quit and get out, yeah. especially with little color vision problems. So... <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember, I will share this story. Yeah. I remember, you know, Eric and I were at Sniper's advanced sniper training oh, together at Sniper no. Cell. You were just like fed up, right? Yeah. You were like, I'm out of here. The Navy, you're basically like, fuck the Navy. I've done my time. I'm, you know, you're just on one of those, yeah, one of those was, kicks, right? And yeah. you're like, I've got this plan. My, my dive physical, you know, every five years you have to go through a really, in-depth physical, um, which does involve a, a rubber glove, unfortunately. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, used one. Yeah, can I get two fingers up there? <laughs> you know, and you're like, I'm going to just admit that I, f I faked the colorblind test, and they're going to kick me out. Like it's an automatic out. <laughs> the doctor, what, what did he say to you? But <laughs> I just remember you coming back extremely frustrated. You're like, they're not going to let me out of the Navy. No, yeah, it's like, well, let's just test you. Yeah. you know, and, and I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. And I'm like, red, green, white, green. You only missed one. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like, I went into boot camp. You know what I mean? I, my, I told my recruiter I couldn't pass a color vision test. MEP said you can never be a SEAL. My recruiter's like, hey, don't worry about it. If you pass the physical test, they're going to work with you. Yeah. And I was the only guy who passed the physical test out of like 14 guys who tried. Yeah. And I walked into the... The, the medical center there, you know, to start my dive physical and they open up my record. They're like, I, they saw the fail and they're like, you're out of here. <laughs> like they did not work with me. Yeah. I was done. And like, yeah, but it happened twice. I, I passed two color vision tests on my own. One was when I came back into the reserves. Yeah. And then the second one. Which was maybe uh, uh, a little help. Well, I'd, I mean, I had practiced it. I, yeah, I you yeah. know, I mean, I'd, I did everything, but no, the Studied one of the reserves, that. I legitimately... It just happened to pass <laughs> two times, yeah. That's so I'm funny. a good guesser, I yeah, guess. That, you know. That's hilarious, man. Yeah, but you know, that's what it is. That's what becoming a seal is. Nobody gets through unscathed, right? Oh, every yeah. every seal has is just too long. It's too hard. 
every SEAL has some story about multiple adversities that they had to overcome. And I think, you know, and I think that's why we do have this community because people know and can trust that. That's one of the classes I gave. I go, you know, why are special forces, why do we get the attention? And we get the, the attention comes because we persevere like no other. Yeah. So all of us have this story. And just like what you're talking about with your business, it's just like you, yeah, I could, okay, I could have just sold out and been done and just lived comfortably. But you're like, we just hold on and yeah. we take things through. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's to your point, right? Like my first package got denied. I had to do a whole nother Westpac deployment as a oh. search and rescue swimmer. And I was just like, man, where, how the hell am I going to get this? And the package itself is challenging. You have to go get your physical and you got to do it with this qualified SEAL, you know, guy that can certify that you passed the entrance exam and you got to get this package filled out. It was just like a big package. And the second time through, I just handed it to my admin my PN, just like the admin, I was like, hey, can you just like make another package for me and like let's change the dates on this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to do this all again. Uh, but I had to like do it all over again and 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 submit it. And then my time, and then it's like my detailer, whose actual name is Dick Over, yeah, the detailer in the military is the yeah, guy that assigns <laughs> you your jobs, right? Like this guy was just like, I guess, a perfect fit by name for this <laughs> detail. <laughs> AW1 uh, dick over. I was like, I'll never forget it. And, and he did. He dicked me over on my first package. I hope he never became a Boy Scout uh, leader. Gosh. Yeah. What? So then he, you know, that happens to me and it, it was just a freaking mess. But, and then the guy that replaced me at the squadron quit, buds. He, he was on shore duty. He went and came back. And so everyone's like, oh, good luck, right? Like, you're going to be back here. Oh, yeah. You know, your seat's not even going to cool down. But I made it through. Um, because I just like tried so hard and, you know, it took me almost four years to, to get there when I enlisted to be a SEAL. So, um, yeah, I think, and the one thing I, I, I think that, you know, makes us good SEALs and, and maybe not, maybe not good people. Cause they're, you and I both know, um, there's guys we serve with that for sure. We'd want to go to combat with, but you're not bringing them over to Thanksgiving dinner and you're sure as not hell hanging out with them on the outside. I mean, they'd probably be in a, you know, running up prison cell block somewhere if they hadn't joined the SEAL teams. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, no judgment. But um, yeah. The one thing I think we all have in common is we all learn how to deal with adversity at a very young age. Like even even I, I know you, you lost your dad. I mean, he was alive, but essentially not in the picture yeah. at a very young age. I left home. I got kicked out at 16. So it's like we all have these like crazy stories of adversity and we kind of learn how to deal with it already and we show up and the people that have not been through that they're fucked you know they're the yeah. first ones that are that are dropping off like flies and and oh, it's yeah. not a physical thing it's mental yeah, yeah like the d1 football players like kids that were always talented you know they show up at seal train i remember uh one of my buddies just big rip football player he was like always the star but the problem there is he never went through failure yeah. You know what I mean? It, it came too easy. And then, you know, most people that make it through SEAL training, yeah, we have this, hi we all have this history. <laughs> Everyone's got this backstory oh, yeah, of all crazy. the bullshit that we'd gone through. And it's just, just like, like they, they do all these tests, right? Like, oh, what sport did you play with this? I'm like, just ask one question. What was your childhood like? And if it was a fucked up childhood, let them in. It was probably yeah, yeah. going to make it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Absolutely. There's got to be something wrong in there. And someone who has some time on deck dealing with that stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, so did that jog any memories of the funny story? I mean, I feel like it's. I just you don't can know tell the Guam story if you want. No, I'm I just don't trying want to. It. Todd, tell the Guam the, story is a good one, but I'll we can even the, save that for. 
I'll do the Guam story like as a video we're or gonna something. Do, we'll no, we're going to do a Navy SEAL team room because people yeah, are asking for a it. Team room, yeah, probably yeah. later this year. So I'm trying to get you, myself, and uh, Clint, and maybe a, a fourth. Maybe maybe we could finagle lively because he's oh my gosh, he put dude. a camera up and he's like like a moth to flame. Oh my gosh, he'd but, crush uh, it. He'd crush it. And he's good. He's, oh he's really good. But <laughs> yeah, I want to get us good. in New York. You know, at my friend's new bar, uh, Black Emperor in the East Village, and get us on. Uh, another team room Navy SEALs going to the holidays. I mean, we got some stories, right? But usually it's, you know, involves some type of lady boy. And, and uh, <laughs> unfortunately, never go well. Like, stories that you want to forget. Yeah. Uh, but they just, they just burn into the, in the memory. Like, how did I get myself in this situation? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, like, yeah, it's, it's fun to be around the other guys because they'll jog. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. That's oh, my how it gosh. happens, right? Like, you tell the story. Yeah. I, I mean, I was sharing with Eric the other night. Like, I, my dad and I have, always we've had a, a relationship it's been a little bit up and down and i love the guy and i did get to share like some pretty cool things with my dad which i'm grateful for like when eric and i were running the sniper program you know i'm able to bring my dad to i think we brought him to the range yeah he stayed, out to la posta he stayed, yeah, la posta like stayed bunking over, with us bunking so i was yeah, able to give so him cool. like like this cool experience yeah captain jack um yeah we're like hammered out i got him hammered out oh in my town. gosh dude yeah lauren's like driving us back you know, doing J-turns in the government yeah, truck. Yeah, that was fun. Um, there's like some cool stuff like that that you're able to do. And I'm just like grateful I was able to to, to share that with my dad. And it was actually cool. I, he even got to come on. I got him on the, when I was deployed on the aircraft carrier, they do this tiger cruise. So when you're in Hawaii, you can invite a family mm. member on and they ride the boat one week back to San Diego. And it was That's like, right. my dad got to fire machine guns and see an air show and eat the crappy chow and you know, to them it's like great i'm just like man i'm tired i'm like yeah you know you're like lifetime supply of tabasco sauce just to oh dude make I, the taste I can't away. eat tabasco sauce anymore yeah yeah i'm trying to think of my own like i've had you know so many funny stories just even like the pranking that goes on you know which in some cases it may not seem funny to some people but <laughs> i mean the new guys at seal team three right we used to you know, they'd be on the quarterdeck watch and they'd have this PA system and it'd be like, boom, you know, Master Chief so-and-so, please come to the dive locker, come to the airline, you know, yeah, so -and -so, yeah. you know Lieutenant Commander Jones, please, your, your presence is requested here. And so we would call down and be like, hey man, can you, I need this guy to show up to the dive locker. And it's literally like, the guy it's that died in dive training a year ago, right? Oh my god! I mean, and then yeah, the, I the poor that. guy is like, and boom, yeah. team wide announcement, and the CEO's like running down the stairs. Yeah, oh, dude, I remember like that. Into yeah. this guy. there was nothing. Yeah, nothing there was sacred. nothing sacred at all. That's I just nothing that sacred, too. man. Yeah, dude, <laughs> like page, paging this guy that died on a dive mission, training that's, mission to the yeah. dive locker, right? But I think that's how he'd want it. You know, his memory. Uh, oh, memory for sure. Yeah, <laughs> maintained, but dang. Yeah. Then I remember this. Um, <laughs> you remember Dave? He ended up diving in Guam on a parachute accident. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave I'll, Smith, was it? No, no. But anyway, I'll Dave. Think of the name. This is yeah. a funny Dave story. So Dave, Dave gets in a car wreck in South America when he's at Team 4. And basically he has to have surgery and he's got a colostomy bag, you know. <laughs> and he's like literally telling stories of like, picking up these women at the bar and the, he's like oh, no. having sex with them in the colostomy bag is like slapping them <laughs> in the ass. Right. <laughs> then he said, because when he would essentially pass gas, this bag would fill up. Right. 
<laughs> with methane, and he would walk through the Team Four area and just crop dust. <laughs> and he said, uh, "That sitting in the plastic too. That's got to get special." Oh, he said, spicy. and plus it's like no filtration, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. it's not going through the prior. <laughs> There's patch no skin or, or hair to yeah. like catch a thing. Yeah, and he would just like. Poof, <laughs> and, clear oh, okay. and clear out the entire team area, like people running out of the build building. Oh, but no. he, it's just—I mean, the characters like him and others that you'd seen, like you know, you walk past the dip tank where you're rinsing off your gear, and there's like a metal cruise box with bubbles coming out of it. You're like, "What's going on here?" It's like, "Oh, Ensign so and so screwed up. We put him in the box yeah. with, a, with a regulator." And he's oh, like dude. trapped in this box with a, <laughs> you know, underwater sunk oh, yeah. with a regulator device breathing in this box. Oh, yeah. It's like terrible stuff. But um, we'll get to, I think we can fit in one funny story. That Jogany? Yeah, the only thing I'm thinking of third phase, but I don't know if it's funny enough, but I'll just tell it because yeah. we got a little bit more time. As we were, you'll probably remember the swim was like we were all climbing down on a bunch of rocks. And the waves were up that night, so the waves were actually breaking on the very rocks we were supposed to launch from. God, yeah, it's not a funny story. It's just a story, I suppose. But I just remember just all these guys, you know, this hairy-chested, almost frogmen, third phase. And um, I don't know where you were. I mean, I'm sure you, because I know you in the water, you wouldn't have hesitated at all. You probably just slipped in at some point. But I was around a whole bunch of guys that just did not did not know what to do. Like, they're just, I mean, they're scared. Because it's yeah. scary when the waves are, and it's at night. No, I know exactly the night. That was the night we were held out. I think it was some, some type of o- bullshit OTB training or something, but we swam out from the surf. Yeah. And got on the rocks in Northwest Harbor, and then we just kept us out there. Oh, yeah, Until yeah. like three in the morning. Like, yeah, guys we were, were like dropped. Oh, wow. Yeah, guys were, oh, guys my were gosh. ready to quit. Yeah. In fact, we do know someone that tried to quit. Oh, yeah. Name, oh, yeah. Name won't be mentioned on oh, the show. Oh, my gosh. But, that was hilarious. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> just then they just like, all right, everybody up here. And I'm like, yeah. he got there first because he was uh, already on his way. He was already quitting. Yeah. That was awesome. That was so funny. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, not a funny story. It just It's just a really memorable one just because I'd grown up around the ocean and I just like looking around at all these guys like, what's, Come on, fellas, yeah, aren't we supposed to get in the water? And, and, and they're just like, we don't, know how to, we don't know what to do. And I just strapped my fins on in a big wave and I just <laughs> jumped as hard yeah. as I could. And it was big enough because I wasn't playing. So I jumped as hard as I could. And I guess I just started kicking in the air. So by the time I, you know, I got out in the water and then all of a sudden everyone was right behind me and they're, dude, you just look so freaking froggy. I, I was fired up and I got in. So, nice. yeah, not super That's funny, good. but it was just a memorable moment. I, um, I do have a funny story to share because you and I were in, even in the same squad in third phase. So <laughs> I got two funny stories. Remember when Bulls, we were briefing the FTX and I forget, Bulls got rolled into our squad uh-huh. and uh-huh. somehow like we were getting punished, right? Like he was slow on the hill runs and we were competing. So like we inherited him. And we ended up getting punished. So as a way to get back, we did the FTX. We briefed this one of the FTS final training exercises we did. Instructor Ryan said, okay, guys, you're going to have to get one of you guys to volunteer to get taken hostage. Remember? (laughs) Instructor Ryan. And so we're like, okay, who's it going to be? And then we're like, well, let's let's pick bulls. So we had to like, and and so we, we hit the target. The other, we got ambushed and he was the volunteer hostage. We mm. had to ID him. <laughs> like it was a role playing thing. Mm. So he's like, okay, I guess we're like, hey, Bulls, you got to wear this outfit. And he had no idea he was going to get taken hostage. <laughs> and so we're like back 
after the mission drinking hot coffee and he's like been taking hostage. <laughs> he's like, wait, guys, what's happening? Wait a minute. Why am I, why am I getting yeah. And he's like going on this over the beach op and then those guys weren't going to get done until like four in the morning oh, and we were yeah. just, um, I remember that. And then I do remember you being the medic and, and you're like, hey guys, like everyone's like, when are we going to get to sleep? I was just about to go. Yeah, when are we going to get to sleep, right? Because we were like, <laughs> Like sleep deprived, three hours of sleep for yeah. a month. And, and I was like, there's like, no way. 30 days out here, demolitions, like high powered machine guns, grenades. Like, don't even worry about it. We're going to get, they're going to let like, us sleep. It's just unsafe. They got to let us sleep. Yeah. And I was like, at, at the end, I'm like, dude, where are we God on that one, damn, motherfucker? Dude, I, dude, <laughs> I, like, I, remember, I remember that. Like 30 days later, I was, I was like, like, I guess, I guess they're not going to let us go to sleep, dude. <laughs> no sleep. I was like, how do you do that for a month? I yeah. was like, what's going on? But it I was did. Crazy, which I would rather go through Hell Week twice than that four oh. weeks at the island. Dude, Hell Week was just nothing. Just preparatory. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Preparatory. Plus, you get the shirt. I do remember, though, I did say the whole, that was my thing. And this is like one of my mental management things. I'd be like, nah, we're not even going to PT when we get there. Like, ah, oh, don't worry, guys. We're probably not even getting in the water. Like, I just, I operated as if nothing was going to happen. So I, I never was scared of what was to come because yeah. I just full mental management. But one time, Instructor Ryan, Showed up drunk as a monkey for oh, morning PT that. and just said, "Get out of here." But that was one. So I no, told that, one I told that story was, for six, seven months. And that was the first he, time. Back to the Hell Week shirt reference. You get a you're in a white shirt first phase, and when you pass Hell Week, you get a brown shirt. And if you're running around the compound on a brown shirt, everyone knows you pass Hell Week. So yeah. it's like a big status thing. Oh, yeah. To finish off, because I know we got to wrap up. So yeah, we're dead. I think the only night we get a decent like four hours sleep. We just get rousted at like four and it's like three, four in the morning by all the instructors who come back from that salty crab bar hammered. Salty crab. And next thing I know, like I wake up and like Bulls is doing jumping jacks naked, guys doing push ups. (laughs) They just got like yanked out of the rack and it was like ball sack and bunghole everywhere. I know. Why are they sleeping naked? That's nasty. And uh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, this is a nightmare, man. (laughs) And he's like, everybody on the grinder. Oh, yeah. So we're like, this is a bad dream. Like, please make this go away. And so we, we kind of, after like the initial torture session in the barracks, we get out there. And we're just like, we had a 5.30 in the morning PT scheduled anyway. and But this is like 3.30 and, you yeah. know, and now we're getting dark. beaten by a bunch of drunk, sadistic SEAL instructors. And Ryan is like an animal, physical animal, and he jumping jacked himself off the big podium and <laughs> fell and hit the ground. And we kind of all like, we're like, what do we do now? <laughs> and we just kind of like converged slowly. Yeah. It's like, time to go. He's like, all right, fellas, I'm done training. He's like, <laughs> you guys go back to sleep. And we ended up getting to sleep in yeah, and just go straight to chow because they were so, so wrecked. But yeah. That, yeah. Oh, man. There's so much, so many funny stories like that. It is comedy. The whole thing is yeah. comedy. It is yeah. comedy. Like you could literally tell stories about training, deployments, and it would just be like nonstop comedy, man. Oh, it's so like funny. The, you, because back to the cast of characters you have, yeah. you guys that used to be preacher's sons. Oh, it's just such like, a just mix. Like a crazy Criminals, man. all kinds. That's why you know, every time guys. I see a movie, I'm always bummed that like you'll see the SEAL instructor being all serious. I'm like, <laughs> what? That is oh, so, yeah. it is, that's the only time a movie bothers me about not being yeah. real. Because they're missing. I'm like, no, they're it's so it. yeah. funny. That's why, yeah. again, we're... You know, my vision with the business has kind of become the marvel of special ops military content is because there's so much there that just 
isn't yeah isn't being told. Oh, so and, many and more So many people like out there like want to hear those stories. I want to hear them. Yeah. So I miss them. They're yep. so funny. But um, hey, I hope you guys enjoyed this this episode. Again, follow Eric uh, Eric Davis two one five on Instagram. Myself uh, at Brandon T for Tyler Webb uh, at Brandon T Webb on Instagram. Follow Software Radio on Instagram. Check out the new site SoftRep.com. It's the completely um, new integrated site will launch October 30th. So we're excited about that. And the, the team room memberships, we are offering uh, limited time only, a lifetime membership uh, for team room. So you can go uh, check that out on the site. If you haven't uh, checked out the Crate Club, we've switched to a quarterly now. So it's just a better product, gives us more time to kind of put lots of cool stuff in, in, the, in the crate. And the holidays are coming up, so it's a good gift idea, uh, corporate gift for your friend, family member, loved one. Uh, check out crateclub.com, uh, softrep.com, and that's it. I uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. We got some great guests lined up. We got a TF-160 pilot coming in studio. Those of you that don't know, that's the the Army uh, Special Ops Aviation Unit. Uh, they fly all the all the guys around, like those black helicopters you see flying flying around those all TF-160 guys. Most of them have more time flying at night than most airline pilots have total time. So, And that's why they're called the Night Stalkers. But uh, look forward to having that that guest in studio, some some other great stuff. Gary Busey actually called us up and wants to come on. Uh, he's in New York this month, so... Dude, I got to be here for that. Yeah, we'll fly you. Point Break, brother. Oh, I know, dude. I love yeah, Point Break. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, Utah. Yeah. Get me two. Utah. Give me two. Come on. Yeah. All right. But yeah, it I, turns out he's a huge fan of the SEAL community, so... Lots of cool stuff coming. Again, send in your emails to radio at softrep.com. Uh, I want to start taking some questions. You guys got feedback. Gene uh, Farnsworth, we did get your video, uh, or sorry, your, your audio file. We'll, we'll put that in the, in the upcoming show as well. So anything you guys want to share with us, questions, uh, fire it off to radio at softrep.com. And guest ideas, you name it, we'll take it. Anyway, that's it for now. Out here. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep Radio.